We were uh, we had a time of prayer this morning. And this uh, came to me. We we maybe were a little thin in numbers compared to normal, and um, but there was a lot of uh, prayer offered up. And this is in Ecclesiastes. This is what came. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not, what is the way of the Spirit? And I think, you know, uh, when anything we are uh, in warfare over, you know, and asking God for, there comes a time where you hit a, you hit a wall, like just seems futile. Another Wednesday morning of prayer, same prayers perhaps, but you know, uh, we're sowing seed. And with all that, we don't know the way of the Spirit necessarily. We don't know how or when He's going to move. And aren't you glad that uh, you want to be there when He does, right? And <laughs> thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, whether this or that. That's the line of came, whether this or that. And we have a lot of maybe hot air at times, a lot of talk about tradition and sorting out our traditions, right? What to hold to, what not to, you know, and Sometimes it's a toss-up. And it, when it comes to the things of God, um, you know, he's very, he's very predictable, but yet He's very unpredictable. And sometimes He catches us off guard. So tonight, what's the takeaway as we gather here? Let's stay open. This could be the night, right? We want to watch how we frame the service, how we frame the Word, how we frame our worship. We don't know. He knows, and we want to get aligned with the Spirit. In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether thou shalt prosper, whether this or that. Or whether that they both shall be alike good. So with that, let's get to it. Thank you, Lord.
feeling a little bit like uh, like a dimly burning wick is what I've been feeling like for a while now. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I've had this um, the song "There Is Great Hope" in His Name going over and over and over in my head. And uh, if you listen to the words while we sing it. Uh, and apply them to yourself how much help and hope there is in his name. Yes. Um, prophesy it to yourself while we sing right. Yes. Turn to John 21. I'm a little excited in some ways. We have already uh, heard what I'm going to say during the worship and praise. The theme for tonight is very simple. It's called Hold On. Reach out your hand and hold on. That's the theme of the night. <clears throat> and if you did notice, we just sang a song called Just Don't Let Go of His Hand. And then Rebecca sang a song about the Lord carrying us, which is what I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> John 21. Jesus has returned in different form, obviously. And it says, uh, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise, he shows himself and he goes through the story. But I want to get down to verse 18. We won't be in this chapter very long. <clears throat> John 21, 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old... Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Boy. There's two amazing principles about 
stretching forth your hand to be carried by the Lord. And one is that you might find yourself in a place where you don't feel that you need his direction and help, which is very dangerous. And the other is when you need it the very most, you don't feel that you deserve his help. And so you don't reach out. Two opposite issues, but the enemy gets all of us on both of those things. And um, there is nobody but the Lord that is able to bring us to a state where we really understand the level of help that we need. Uh, ben was talking about capacity and wisdom. And uh, there's been, I think, four openings I counted on just depending on the help of the Lord and needing the help of the Lord. But uh, more than ever, I've just found a greater and greater sense of my uh, utter lack of capacity. And, and there really isn't uh, anybody but the Lord that can do a work to convince us that we don't really have any capacity on our own. The human, the human soul is very resourceful and very... Uh, is designed to really take a long time to really die out. I hope you heard what Amy said. I thought that was very clear. Um, it's right in line with what I'm going to be talking about tonight. But we are so, uh, it is so ingrained within us to do everything that we can to provide for ourselves. And if you look at the, the accomplishments of mankind, it is, it is truly astounding some of the things that man has accomplished. Uh, and, and the capacity that God put in man to be able to do things on your own. It's, it's amazing, really, just astounding things. When you look at some of the things that have been constructed, that have been built, you know, look at warfare, what has been endured, uh, what has been endured on a, on a personal level for people that have survived incredible things, what mankind has built. You know, I mean, it's just, it is truly astounding what is capable of a driven person that has capacity. And, uh, you know, a great, a great portion of, of the world is um, really completely unaware of the fact that God is at work to bring us to the end of ourselves. And that is not a, that is not a goal that I am excited about, but it's really where I've got to be. I mean, I find myself a lot of times um, really looking to bolster and strengthen self-sourcing and self-capacity when God himself has put me in a situation to reveal to me that I don't have any source of life on my own. I don't have any capacity on my own. It's amazing because sometimes the more God reduces you down, the more desperately you claw for what remains of any scrap of survival of your own. When I was in high school, we invited uh, the Haynes and Sapa group up here and, of course, John Donaldson was here, so we took them up the bluff to do rappelling, um, which is, I think it's an exciting sport. Maybe not as exciting as Seth does, but it's, it's really neat. It's like being able to fall and then slowly stop. I mean, that, who doesn't like that, right? I mean, it's just free-falling is just exciting when you don't have the thud at the bottom. But rappelling, if you know, you know, there's, you're, there's a figure eight that you're harnessed to. <clears throat> and if you do nothing, if it's totally a stop-fail. But, you know, it begins by you easing out over the edge, out over space, and you, you take the rope and you have to let the rope let go through the figure eight. You have to lift up, it's self-breaking, the way that it wraps. If you drop the rope, it will arrest your fall. Anyway, so part of our course, this crew that I was in, we had a girl from SAPA that was, heights were not at all on her list of menus for the day, but we were at the point that overlooks Moose Pond and everybody was going down and Susan Kanelke was in my squad, you know, she's very, very athletic, and down she goes. And Anyway, this one girl got there, and you could, you know, everybody was, we were all praying and supporting, feeling really good about her going over the edge, all the rest of us were feeling really good about this. And, you know, there's people at the bottom shouting for let go, everybody's saying let go, you know. And, and so, under the social, the magnitude of social pressure, everybody's shouting at this, she, a little bit of time, keeps moving, but once you get out, once your body gets to a certain point, you know, you got to jump a little bit and kick off, right? Well... There was, the legs were not moving, and so there was just a great social pressure of let go, let go, and her center of mass went over the figure eight, and she went upside down, you know, it was a great gasp, went upside down on the, um, 
and she wasn't falling, but she was upside down the cliff, and, and of course, panic was soon struck, and I was sent up a different rope to get her, and it's like, you know, a person that's drowning, I, I never knew how much that, you know, you just claw for whatever you can hold on to, right, you just grab it, but we did, we did bring her to the bottom, but, um, you know, there, it is to, to let go at a point when you don't want to let go, um, it's very hard. Everything in you responds just the opposite of what you're told to do. It's, you know, I like the, the little joke we all know about the guy that's fallen over the cliff and he's barely holding on and he's crying for help and, and uh, you know, there's a voice that comes from the top. Let go, you know. Who is this? It's the Lord. Is there anybody else up there? <clears throat> you know, when you ask the Lord for help, you're going to get an answer you may not like, right? Um, it sounds so nice to reach out and to be carried, but actually uh, what I want to look at tonight is that the way that the Lord carries you isn't necessarily the way that you would imagine it. Um, this is why Amy's point about coming to the, the cross being the thing that we must face where the Lord gets done with all the dancing and it really gets down to us being willing to lay down our own life. That is such a challenge um, that we face. And, um, you know, the Lord, <clears throat> what does it take for the Lord to reduce us from all of our own capacity? I was, I was praying the other night and I, you know, something I've been asking the Lord for for a long time. And just, you know, a couple of situations, just, just burdens, there's all things we carry. But some of these long-term things you pray for. And I finally just said, Lord, I, I don't even know what to ask for. I'm just... I'm just here to ask again for some breakthrough in the situation. I don't even I don't even know what to say. But I'm going to just I'm going to be here asking and it's like everything that you could figure out or everything that you could want to design, the Lord in his mercy is going to come in and and bring about a a deficit um, to those things. And I just think that um, it's it's good to note when the Lord uh, brings you past the point of exhaustion um, if there's any feeling of that you might be able to self-rescue, there is a reticence to really cast yourself upon the help of the Lord. If there's any solution that you have in mind that might still work, then you have some qualifications about the type of help the Lord gives you. And I've, I've found some help coming from the Lord of things I've asked for and found myself kind of, you know, is anybody else up there? You know, do you have any other ideas? You know? This is not the sort of help I was asking for. And I found that when I uh, recently, when I asked the Lord for some help in a situation, I almost a little gun shy, knowing that the Lord actually is listening and he's going to do something about it. And he's going to he's going to bring an answer in a way that isn't the way that I like it to come. And that brings a certain um, responsibility with it. But we have to be willing to take the help that the Lord offers. The help that the Lord offers is really the only help we can we can really have. And, you know, if you consider Jonah, you know, he's a great one just because it's such an extreme situation. But, you know, we can all identify a little bit with the Lord giving a direction, knowing he's to go to Nineveh, knowing it's going to cost him his life. No, thank you. I'll pay my own fare. You know, and this is how it usually goes. You do pay to take a different direction and hiking off. You know, I'm going to take I'm going to go the opposite way. And, uh, you know, just. It's funny to consider what must have been going on in Jonah's mind, <clears throat> you know, in the bottom of the ship, you know, like, okay, so we've got here, you know, I've kind of, I've outrun the Lord. I'm down here. Things are good. We're going. And then the storm picks up. Yeah, it's going to settle. And then it gets worse. It's going to, you know, surely it's going to calm down. Hearing the commotion upstairs, you know, and kind of coming to a grips with, with something that you might have something to do with going, what's going on, you know, like. What was, the, what was the span of time for Jonah just laying down there, hiding out? Nobody else was thinking anything about him. But he's the guy knowing that he's the man in the boat, that all this is from. You know, like, maybe it's going to pass. No, it's getting worse. Maybe it's going to pass. I think I'll say something. No, it's going to pass. You know, uh, maybe we'll draw straws. I'm, I'm st you know, and finally, you know, you get the straw and you're like, I'm the man. You know, I mean, like, Jonah, Jonah knew that this was all because of him. You know, it just like when it got down to it, he knew it was... Was this the easiest path to take? I don't think so, you know? I mean, it, and so Jonah, Jonah says this. He recognizes that, okay, Lord, I've been, I've been working against you, and here I find myself on the ship. And, and this happens 
because of my decision, there's some other people in peril because of my decisions around me that are in peril in this situation because of some choices I've made. This is what happens with us. And uh, I recognize that it's me. And so we finally, you know, cast me into the ocean. That's an extreme. No, I'm telling you, this is, this is the deal. You, you know, you got to throw me in. This is the only way. So he throws him in and, you know, the Lord carries him on a genie to shore. No, he's like, he's swallowed by a whale. And that, I, don't, I just don't think that was a, a great romantic experience in the whale. And, and if you look at, at what he prays, you know, he's like, in the bars of hell surround me. If you read what he prays, and, and it's, of course, all of us would have a very earnest prayer if we found ourselves in the belly of a whale. We, you know, you're kind of, he's got your attention at this point. You know, there's not a lot going on. There's no Wi-Fi. You're there. You know, life and death is on the line. But Jonah's prayer there, you can read at home, is, is one of the most amazing prayers in, in the Bible, I think. Um, but um, when he does cry from the depths there, uh, the, Lord is, the Lord is still ready right there. He's, he's involved in the whole process. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to take him back to where he was supposed to go in the first place. He doesn't bring Jonah up and like, did you get the lesson? You can go home now. That's not what happened. When I cry out to the Lord, I'm like, Lord, can you bring me to the shore and take me back to where I was and put me back, make the sun shine? No, the Lord brings him right to the beach of Nineveh. It's like Jonah was still going to walk through what the Lord had designed for him to walk through because that was what was on his plate. And it, it is worthwhile to note that when you ask a faithful father for help, he's going to not give you an answer that you might think that you wanted. He's actually going to give you the help that you need. And we don't know the help that we need. And that is tough because I find myself having rejected the very help I need many times over till finally recognizing, ah, this was you? Okay, you know, light dawns on marble head. I, okay, Lord, this wasn't just bad luck or bad days or, you know, I've been actually found myself striving against my maker. That happens. Trying to fix a day that the Lord has fixed to, to do something to me. I love this, uh, this scripture and I want to read it. Um, uh, turn to Matthew 7 because I want to just, I want to consider here. Um, this, is, this is so great. Um, <clears throat> the Lord does not answer our prayers the way that we would want. And if you don't know that, and you know, this is really, I think sometimes I've, I've really appreciated the, um, the prayers. I was listening to Ellie this morning. Yeah. Some very uh, sincere prayers yeah. um, from kids that are looking for healing. We pray for healing. Um, uh, you know, having had discussions with my girls, you know, we very specific situations, you know, grandmother and stuff. And, OK, we are praying for healing. I'm trusting God to heal. I know what healing means. Why hasn't the Lord done this? These are the good things to discuss because you get disappointment if you have your faith on something that you thought should happen that doesn't happen and you get into disappointment. And the fact is that doesn't just happen with kids. It happens with all of us where we are holding out over long periods of time to see something happen that actually isn't on God's books to happen. And it doesn't matter how much you pray. If you have a father who loves you, he's not going to give you that thing if it's not good for you. Those are, those are things that mature son needs to come to resolve. So here we find a great story. It says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. Now, <clears throat> you can read that scripture and it sounds like, ask for something, and that something shall be given unto you. But that actually isn't what it means. Because the Lord doesn't just give you what you ask for. Or what man of, is there of you whom having his son ask bread, Will he not? Will he give him a stone or he ask a fish? Will he give him a serpent? If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? It doesn't actually say that he'll give you bread if you ask for bread. You know what it says? It says he'll give good things to those that ask him. If you ask, will you receive? Yes, you will. I tell my kids that if you ask, you receive. If you knock, it will be opened unto you. We're going to look at that. This is, this is a principle that absolutely is true. The Lord doesn't ever answer a sincere request. But 
he gives you much more and much different than you asked for. And that's a good thing to know because if you are counting on getting the thing you asked for, disappointment's gonna settle in, bitterness is gonna settle in, hardness of heart's gonna settle in. Those are things that happen all the time. I've been waiting for this to happen for years and years. I've been asking the Lord for this to happen for years and years, and it hasn't. That's happened for me, and I've realized in most of those situations, the Lord is at work at something much greater than the thing that I'm asking for. It's good to know that. It's good to know that when you, when you knock, that the door is going to be open unto you, and what you find through the door is going to be something very different from what you thought was through the door. That's happened to me over and over again. And it is amazing what it takes to, for us to really be found uh, in darkness before we ask for help. You don't need to turn there, but <clears throat> Proverbs one twenty four says, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Think about the Lord is actually at work with this people and they're not understanding what he's doing. Then I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when fear cometh. Then you shall call upon me, but I will not answer. You'll seek me early and you'll not find me. This is because you haven't been taking the help I've been giving. Like this. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Then they would none of my counsel and despise my reproof. They shall eat the fruit of their own way. Boy, it is not a good picture to hold on to your own thing. To hold on to your own way. To think that you have the answer. They shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity fuels fools to destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. I love that. Boy, what does it take for us to realize that we have just simply got to reach out our hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know, and I'm willing to take the help you offer me. Here's a picture for you. The picture is this. The picture is the hand of the Lord always reached out to us. Always. Never not reaching out, ready to give us help. Me, on the other hand, how many times am, have I scorned or just not even noticed or refused the help that is being offered me because I'm wanting it to go a certain way? I've just, this, this image has been just growing, growing in my hand. You know, Gabe, the hand of the Lord is not short. The hand, I mean, this is, we've just been hearing this over and over again. Consider, just, just stop and consider. You can take the image of Michelangelo or whatever in the Sistine Chapel, but the hand of the Lord always outstretched towards his people. Always outstretched. The only, the only issue of connecting me to that source of help is me reaching out to take that hand of help. Such a simple thing. But as long as I think that I know the answer, or as long as I'm being specific about the help that I want, I'm really not in a position to, read, to, to receive the help of God. It's incredible to consider what help is available. And it's incredible to consider the mercy of the Lord to put us in situations where we finally run up against. I mean, you know, we've talked about this, but I can really actually, I used to just think this is the crazy, but Balaam on his donkey, you know, he's, he's doing a mission for the Lord. I mean, the picture is just so ridiculous, right? I mean, like... He's there and he's so, he's just so into beating his donkey to keep going forward. Doesn't see the flaming angel. The, the donkey talks back to him and he, all he does is beat it to go farther and he gives it like a, starts arguing with this thing. You know what I mean? Like, remove from the situation just for a second. If your donkey said anything to you, everything would stop. And you'd realize something is happening here that is not, this is not normal. You know, I've not heard this donkey talk to me before. Is it possible that I'm fighting the Lord? Like, and then the angel's like, if your donkey would, by the way, if your donkey wouldn't have stopped, you would have been dead. You know, like, I just want you to know, you know, just in case you're still feeling good about yourself. I don't know. I, I have found myself having spent some weeks striving in an area. Striving is not helpful, but striving and realizing that I'm not getting my way out of here. I was thinking today, uh, Justin shot a moose on a Wednesday evening. He went out a day early this fall out in, in the middle of the bog. Um, Nice moose. I, I don't know why he had to do it in the middle of the bog, but it was out there in the middle of the bog. And <clears throat> we start out late. Um, luckily, he did that right after the holy word was finished, and we rushed out out here. But anyway, so we ran out there, my dad and the girls, and, and um, it was raining pretty good and, of course, dark. And we got to the top of the big hill, for all those that know the big hill, and 
And Justin was out in the bog, and it was just totally dark. And I've hunted that bog for a long time. And, you know, when you get into willows, all of us know we've had a lot of willows. It is amazing how quickly you, when you can't see, and, you, and it's daylight, you look around, and you just... I think we all know this, that one of your legs is longer than the other. You know, sorry to break it to you if you don't. But anyway, if you're just left to walk by yourself, you know, you walk in circles, right? I can see some of us need to do the John Donaldson tour. That's fine. Okay. Anyway, um, all the smartest of us in PE did circles. Anyway, but it wasn't only lots of willows, but it was dark. But anyway, staring out there, and I'm, I'm shouting, we're shouting, because I know he's out there somewhere. And then in the total darkness, it is amazing how a tiny little light when it is totally dark, looks amazing. You know, what, you know, all of you know what a headlight is, but I mean like three quarters of a mile out there, I see a little light moving, just as amazing through the rain and through the dark, just bam. Yeah. So off we take and then just run totally lost again, stand up on four, and I'm thinking to myself, as I'm driving out there, I should have put a light on the stick of the hill because there's nobody back there when we're coming back. You know, this, but I mean, it, we're just trying to hurry. So we'd shout again, and, and you'd think you'd saw the light over here, and you'd just, you wouldn't see it. And I'd shout and shout. Justin would stand up on top of the moose and wave this. And then you'd see it over here. What in the world? Go over, you know, you become completely disoriented in the dark in an instant. I mean, you could set off you know, right here, but in the rain, you couldn't. I mean, for me to Amber, that's about as far as you could see with the headlights. I mean, literally, and you start working your way around. You kind of think, oh, I'm kind of heading to the left. I'll correct. Well, you start overcorrecting instantly, right? Just, it's amazing. Anyway. Once we got out there, we started heading back, and it was, you could not see a thing. You know, there's usually a horizon <clears throat> and that you can see something on a ridge, you know, a pretty good horizon. But with the rain, right, just dumping rain, it was just totally dark. And I'm thinking, you know, we would, but we could spend some time going around and around. Luckily, Justin had uh, an was Onyx, had pulled out this map Onyx, and I mean, we were driving a totally different direction than the ridge, you know, but you'd come up to Willows, and then you'd have to get around them. The point being, you know, when, it's, when you really can't see what's out there, you make some ridiculous decisions. You can be so sure that you're heading in the direction that you need to be going, and you are going in completely the opposite direction. It just, it's, it's just what happens to us when you can't see. And it's amazing to me how sure I am of where things should be going in a given situation, and I absolutely have no light of my own to be watching. Without the help of the Lord, I can be, I can be so sure of things. I can be, and, and again, the Lord, Lord has given us all some great abilities in the situations that we're in where you can see things uh, and choices that you make in business or whatever that are good. But the fact is that the Lord is looking for people that are really going to be dependent on him because it sounds kind of romantic to be carried by the Lord. But actually, what is happening is you're going to be taken in a way that you would not go. You know what it means, folks, to be carried? It means you're going to be taken in a way that you would not go. Are you okay with that? I've got to be coming to a resolve or I'm okay with that. Because I know when I stretch out my hand, it's not like, thanks, Lord, just, just tell me up this step and I can see from here. We got it. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking when I stretch out. I just need another boost up at the top. I can see now. No, it's like, Lord, I actually don't know the way to take. I don't know the way to take. And, and I'm not just going to grab your hand for, for five minutes. I'm actually going to hold on because... When you actually get to the end of this thing, what it says is, you know, coming out of the wilderness, leaning, right? And I'm not as good as Marley Woolfolk, but the fact is that if you really trust the Lord, you're, you're not going to be calling him just every once in a while when you have lost your Google map. You're going to be continually dependent on him for direction. That is what he's looking for. And the human capacity that we have, it is, it is hard to renounce. It is hard, you know... Joe, I listened to Joe last night where he calls it the big eye, but iniquity, which sounds like a bad word, and it is, but it is simply taking your own way. Taking your own way. How often do I think that taking my own way is really not that bad? But actually, it's totally opposite what the Lord is looking for out of people that are submitted to Him. You know, I just, I wish renouncing iniquity was as easy as it sounds, but it is, it is not. I, it's funny, it reminds me, I, I was told that Ava came home the other night and... <laughs> And said um, that she had closed the door to sin. I love this. Um, guys, by the way, I've got an announcement to make. I've closed the door to sin. Was that what it was? Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to, that was Amy's class. Uh, I am going to sign up for Amy Greer's class because just in kindergarten, she has got someone to close the door to sin. I love it. Um, I think it was the story of, of uh, 
when you, uh, you know, killing the brother and Sten is knocking the door. Is that right, Amy? Is Amy here? No, she's not. Oh, man. Good. So I can talk behind her back. But she did a good job with that class. I love the declaration of being able to close the door on Sten. Turn to Isaiah 55. I'm going to come home and announce that to my wife some night. Megan, guess what? It's been a good day. I've closed the door to sin. Yeah, that's it. Simple as that. Didn't know it was that easy. We're in Isaiah 55, verse 6. <clears throat> Again, you know these, but I just... This is another fantastic one. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I want to pause here. You know, one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that I find myself doing when I need help is doing a lot of thinking. A lot of thoughts. You know, I spend a lot of days doing a lot of thinking before I actually think maybe I should ask the Lord for help. Like really pondering a problem. If I run this, if I run this through my analysis enough, I'm going to be able to figure out how to fix this thing. Let me tell you, there have been a number of things in my life that I have been a total failure at figuring out how to fix. And a lot of hard thinking has been assigned to these tasks. And it is amazing. I like what it says here. The unrighteous man his thoughts forsake, the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. It is not easy to forsake your thoughts. That is a challenge to forsake your thoughts, especially when you know, when you think you know what needs to be, what needs to happen. Forsaking your thoughts is a challenge. And I think that um, this is one of the biggest inhibitors to really receiving the help of the Lord is that we think about things and really instead of really turning to Him. And I think that that's, I know for me, that is, that is a major barrier where I find myself coming up against something, conversation, whatever it is, and just pondering it and not really taking it to the Lord. Lord, what are you doing in this situation? I've given it a lot of thought a lot of times before I come to that place. But really coming to say, Lord, I want to be faster really asking you for help. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I think that, um, I think that just yielding to the help of the Lord is an amazing challenge. You know? And I think yielding is one of the toughest things we do. And I was thinking, what, what, is, uh, what is the inhibitor? What are some of the inhibitors to reaching out your hand, just simply reaching out your hand for the help of the Lord? And we've talked about some of them. But I really think um, one of the first things is that you have to trust that the Lord has your good in mind. And trust in the Lord comes by relationship, that, that really he won't, you know, you can say, well, I'm not in the place. I know if I ask for bread, I'm not going to get a stone. But really trust in the Lord is in a situation at all, and that has your good in mind, that has to be a basis of asking the Lord for help, to really come to that point. And a lot of times, you know, you can, you can see why it took the prodigal, and I can identify this so much more, you know, waking up in the pig's pen at the very, at the very you know, worst of things, and realizing, man, my, the servants in my father's house are better off than I am. I think I'll go home and just serve my father. What does it take to bring us to those points? It's different for all of us to, to come to those points. But I really am trying to come to a place where I'm thankful for the areas where the Lord really brings me to the end of myself. Where my prayer literally is, Lord, I don't know. I don't even know what to ask for. But I'm going to ask you. I'm going to seek you because I'm, I'm desperate for help. And I was thinking about all the, all the situations here that are long term. I think the... The things that are the greatest burden for us and our family here are long-term situations that we've been holding before the Lord, physical things that we know that we pray for, and also other wars that we, that we don't mention verbally, but are long-standing battles that we've been carrying before the Lord that are, there are no easy answers for, you know? No, no light answer is needed for these things. But one thing that I do know is that the Lord is at work in these situations, and 
Ceasing from going to him for help is, is the only answer that is not acceptable in those situations. It's like, what is the Lord at work to do? Well, he's bringing forth what he wants in the middle of those situations. And if you look through what the Lord does with people, if you look at Job, if you look at <coughs> Jeremiah, all these people, the Lord has really tough things that he brings us through where he, that, that, are, that have to be done. If you look at the Lord himself, he like comes to the very most important night of, of mankind at this point where, where you know, our redemption is going to take place. And he's like, Lord, I can see the path you've got in front of me. And it's not a path that I like. And I am so thankful that that's put in print for us. Is there another cup that I can drink of? Because right now, this is the last cup I want to drink of. I mean, the Lord is willing and, and will if he's, gonna be, if he's going to take us to really a true place of maturity, the Lord is committed to requiring us to walk through hard and painful situations. That we must resolve. A good father that just gives us blessing after blessing after blessing, that is an easy thing to listen to. I've had, I think I've told you, Megan and I went down to a wedding one time. One of the main youth leaders from the Bethel Church was there and, and kept asking to pray for it. Anyway, very dear man, but he just prayed like a, Amazing, and I was, no, no problem. Uh, the Lord loves the guy loves the Lord, but this amazing prayer of power. And I mean, we're going places if what this guy said was true. Just watch out. Anyway, um, and I think I've told you about it before because at the end of it, he prayed for for Valerie not to be only the first, but many to come after her. And <clears throat> right then, we knew that the presence of the Lord was moving somewhere else because she was the last, and the others had come before her. Anyway. Um, and I've been nervous ever since. No. Um, <laughs> it's great. And not only will this be the first, but many to follow. Um, speaking about others. But, um, you know, I can totally understand why people sign up for, for blessing, prayers of just blessing. You know, just things are going to be great. Things are going to go your way. You know, this, this is what most of a, uh, to, to have a good life, what is not to love about what Jesus has to offer if, if you're just looking for a good life? I mean... There's a guy that came to the earth that, that hung on the cross to save me. And I'm going to go, this, this is great. You know what I mean? Like, what's, what's not to like about this? You know, it's, it's a very different doctrine from, yes, and actually he went before you so that you too could take up your cross and follow him. These are the requirements of where we're going. And it's, it just, it's good to know that the Lord brings times of refreshing, times of blessing. But goodness, God's definition of goodness is that we will be made like Him. And to be made like Him requires to be removed from ourselves. Right? The scale of God's answer to us is coming to me on a plane that I am not at. Does that make sense? Like, I'm here, Lord, praying for a healing. And, th and that is where we all start. And I actually, I really appreciate the kids starting there. Because you must, what you're doing is you're starting to a relationship with the Lord to communicate with Him. Most of my prayer times are just me spending the time with the Lord and getting to know the Lord. That is what... You know, you want this? Well, I want you to have me, not this thing, right? I'm going, I want you to have who I am, not what I can give you. That's a very different level. And too many times, I'm asking the Lord to fix something, to help me on this job, to help me. <laughs> Today, we had a daughter come in. I was laughing with, with uh, Alan about the cross, wanting it to go somewhere else. But um, this daughter was so messed up that the only thing right was the shape of the doors. It was hilarious. Like... They were the right shape. Other than that, nothing else was prepped properly on them. And they, I mean, anyway, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not to the place of maturity where I just, you know, in the workplace where it really matters, just like, Lord, thank you for this, you know. I didn't tell CCI today, thank you for this. Thank you for messing up this order for the third time. Like, Lord, what, you know, wow, this is just a great irritation. Lord, are you in the middle of this? There has to come a growth. I'm just going to tell you, if this works, it's got to work at work. It's got to work at school. It's got to work in the kitchen. It's got to work in our family situations. If it really works, Gabe G is going to realize a little sooner than later, Lord, this is the most messed up thing. Perchance, perchance you are in this thing. Perchance you're the one that is actually driving the train off the tracks that I'm just striving to hold on to, you know? It's like... Lord, take the wheel, but I can't let go. You know, it's just some simple things that are so real that happen to me that I don't, I want the Lord to assist, you know, just make the corrections at the critical curves. I've got everything else. I don't want to totally surrender the reins of my life. I've got some great plans and some great ideas. 
the goodness of the Lord is actually to bring me to a place where I realize I have no capacity. I have no thoughts on my own that don't bring this to pass. I don't know where I'm to be next year, what I'm to be doing. I don't know what the business is to look like. I don't know what school is to look like. The only thing that I know is that I know the one that knows all those things. And I want to stay with them. And there has to be a reduction of all the subterfuge that is around that to bring us to the point where we reach out our hand and it's a full surrender. It's not like, help me out of this, right? Can you give me a hand, right? The little, help me up, I'm now all good. I'm good to go on my own. You, someone that just learns to walk, they just want to stand up. They don't want you to mess with them as soon as they're going again, right? It's a different level of coming to understand why our hand must be outstretched. Holding on is a different thing than just help me when I need it. Holding on is, Lord, I'm going to hold on because I've taken my own way too many times. My thoughts have taken me down paths that have not produced life. What have I produced in my thought life? Anxiety. Anxiety is one of the fruits of me helping myself. I, I can tell you that. Not a great fruit, you know. Coming back to where I started is one of the fruits of me helping myself. Lord, I want to have a hand stretched out and I want to hold on. I, I have had Seth's song going through my head all week, um, you know, and I love it. Um, just because the, the principle of it is coming to me, I will carry you. And um, again, when you consider uh, what happens when you really trust the Lord to carry you and take you in a way that you would not, is that the Lord is going to bring about what is actually needed for me. That's the good news. Things are going to happen in my life that are actually really needed. Turn to Revelation uh, 3. <clears throat> this is a fantastic passage. Psalm 145, while you're turning there, it says, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. Do you know what I think truth is? Call, calling upon the Lord in truth is really being at a place where you're willing to accept what the Lord has to give you. Where I'm calling upon the Lord not for a specific answer that I want to see happen, but I'm calling upon Him because I really want to find Him in the situation. That's what I say, calling upon the Lord is the truth. One, one I'm going to read while you're in Revelation, one more scripture here, because this is the one that I was actually going to read in the beginning that started this whole thing for me. This is in Romans 10, verse 6. It says, Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend to heaven to bring Christ down? Or who shall descend into deep, that is to bring Christ up again from the dead? But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this is so good. For the scripture saith, Whoso believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In verse 12, Romans 10, 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. I love that. The Lord is rich unto all those that call upon Him. There is no exhausting the help that the Lord has to offer when you call upon Him. What, what is He rich in? He's rich in everything that I could possibly need. You know what He's not rich in? He's not rich in the things that I don't actually need. It's good to know that. But He's rich. The Lord is rich unto all those that call upon Him. He is rich. He's rich to bring life. He's rich to bring hope. Right? He's rich to bring clarity. He's rich to bring peace. Those are the things that the Lord brings to his situations. He's not rich to bring things. He's not rich to bring the light type of happiness. He's not rich to bring the thing that I maybe have been waiting on. But he is rich to meet me. He's rich to bring hope and he's rich to bring peace. There is no exhausting of God's bank account to bring peace and to bring hope to our situation. Like... I just, I just know that there's got to be a faster turning to simply call upon the Lord. I love that. He's rich to all that call upon Him. What are the roadblocks to why we call upon the Lord? It's just coming to the end of ourselves is a tough one. And I just know that, that uh, <clears throat> there has to be 
There has to be a calling out. It's not always a great, you know, prayer sometimes is just sowing, but it's, it is, it's critical. This is kind of humorous, but I, the other night I was in the heavenlies praying in my chair and the door opened and we have a sink that's been having a draining issue in the hallway <clears throat> and I heard the sink running and I came to my senses about 10 minutes later realizing that I had already designed the type of snake that I was going to get and needing to get it on Amazon and how I was going to fix the drain. And I like came to my sense and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought I was praying. Like the door opened and suddenly I'm fixing the trap to a sink. It's just, it is just amazing what happens. The distractions that come to us that are just random out of nowhere, you know, like the job, it just comes to mind when you're suddenly praying, it's quiet. It's like to get quiet before the Lord and to just wait upon him, not giving him my thoughts, right? I think we start by giving him our thoughts, but really waiting upon the Lord is one of the hardest things we do because it means that you're actually willing to take what he says to do. We're going to close in Revelation 3. This is a great passage, which we know. But again, my challenge is that there is never a time not to seek and to knock. And it says, <clears throat> I love this, and to the angel, this is Revelation 3, 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, and he that hath the key of David. He that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. This is great because I think we all find ourselves in this place. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. You know what is before you when you come to the Lord every time? Every time you turn, no matter where you find yourself, there is an open door. It is good to know that because the times when you need an open door the most is when you feel the door is the most shut to you. And you haven't seen light or help or hope in the longest of times in the situations you're in. And the enemy does a very good job of telling us, you know, you don't even deserve to be pushing on this door right now. You don't deserve with what you've, what you've been thinking, what you've been through, what you've been pondering, what, you know, the disaster. And you don't, you don't deserve to come and ask for help. And the very point of all of the mercy of God is it was designed for people that have no way to ever deserve it, even if they did the very best thing. It's a complete gift to us for those that actually find we're just in a state of need. Lord, I'm here in a state of need. And I love what it says here. For there hast, thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name. Maybe you find yourself having a very little strength. Maybe you find yourself, how, how little is a little strength? You know what I think a little strength is? <clears throat> I think... A little strength is just enough strength to say, Lord, I'm going to reach out one more time and ask you for help. Boy, this is so good. I know thy works. Behold, I've set before thee an open door. Keep in mind that you have a father whose, whose hand is stretched out, who has an open door, who is aware of not only the place that we're in, but he's aware of how we got there because he's a part of designing the, the total lack of capacity that we feel in ourselves to change the situation. He's designing the lack of, you know, happiness that we feel in life with where we're at right now to drive us back to him. He's aware of uh, the number of times that we've asked for something that, that we don't even need with all those things. And he simply is looking for a son that's just going to say, Lord, I'm coming back to you today. I've blown it a hundred times. I I don't even know at this point what to ask for, but you know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to ask you for help. I'm going to, in the state that I feel right now, in a total state of lack of capacity, I'm just going to ask you, Lord, to give me what I need because I'm not even sure to how to ask for it. But I do know that I have a father that when I ask for bread, he's not going to give me a stone. Lord, I have, I have just enough strength to reach out my hand one more time. And you know what's going to happen every time is that the hand of the Lord is there. To, to pick us up and to carry us. And yes, to take us to a place that is maybe not what we were thinking of, but it is absolutely the place where we need to go. And <clears throat> there must come an understanding of, in our hearts, of the faithfulness of the Lord to give us more than we ask for, to give us what is needed, to uh, really be made like Him. 
And in those times, uh, thank you, Lord, we do find that uh, he lifts us up on eagle's wings and raises us up. Thank you, Lord, above the realm of this earth uh, to be able to see once again what he's doing, to be able to have hope once again, and to be able to move forward one more step uh, with the Lord uh, and to not shrink back. So whatever you're doing and wherever you find yourself, uh, reach out and hold on. Amen. Thank you, Gabe. I love that, that verse that Gabe finished with. I had it in my notes, actually. And uh, let me, um, I mean, I love the part that, not the part of little strength so much, but the promise of an open door. Uh, that there's an open door if you hold on, regardless of how much strength you have. Because a lot of times I think we do realize that, if any, we have very little. But I, I love the next verse in um, there, verse 10. No, verse 9, it says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. That's pretty good revenge there. But this, this one line here, and to know that I have loved thee. You know, God wants the enemy to know. I mean, what, what greater thing than the enemy to know that he has set his love on you. That you're his. You know, um, that he doesn't have anything on you. Um, you're his because you've held on. Um, even when you didn't feel like it. Even when you thought you couldn't. Uh, you held on, and uh, he'll keep a door open for you, and he'll let them who are against you know that he's on your sort side. That's quite a powerful uh, <clears throat> uh, declaration that you that he has for you and I, for those who do have the capacity to to stay, regardless of our strength. You know. <clears throat> I won't be long, um, but I, I was just thinking uh, when Gabe was talking of Elijah. Uh, it's it's interesting how God uses strength and weakness on us at the same time. But Elijah, you know, gave a pretty powerful declaration to the king and told him that there would be no rain for a long time. Then he basically runs for his life, and God's provision for him is. You know, to give them uh, food fed by, brought over by ravens, served by ravens. That's a pretty, you know, that, that, that's a deduction of your great power, you know, that you thought you had. And then, you know, he's, after a few days of that or however long, God tells him that he's commanded a widow woman to sustain him. And, you know, I, I mean, not... Elijah was a lot more spiritual than me, for sure, and probably all of us. But he probably had to think that, you know, God sent me up with a rich widow that is going to, you know, uh, help me make it through this time. And he, you know, God's provision was to bring him to a place where someone that was about to die, it says that she had a handful of grain and a little bit of oil and was looking for a couple of sticks to make her last meal. You know, when you, I mean, I don't know, but I imagine that when you know your last meal is going to be your last meal, you, you've been cutting back for a long time and, you know, wondering what, when's going to be your last day. And that, that was the provision that God used for the great man of God. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it didn't seem that he missed the beat. He just was like, God said that this was going to be my provision and stayed with that. You know, we read the stories and they sound so easy today. But um, put yourself in the middle of that and you would probably be saying, ah, I don't think my hearing is uh, too good today. 
I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. Um, but it's, it's in that place of, of trusting and holding on that his word is going to bring forth the fruit, the intention of what he wants for you, in you, that will actually produce that life that, you know, that, he, that he's looking to come out of all of us. So don't, don't be discouraged by the little bit of strength because you actually have a promise of an open door that no one can shut. And a door that is closed that no one can open. That's, a, that's quite a, <clears throat> a place to have. Amen. Amen. Okay. Lord, we thank you for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, Lord, and you give us the help that we need, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to be with all the different situations, Lord. Uh, thank you for your help on Sister Lee, Lord, Brother Butch, Lord. Thank you for Sister Kathy, Lord, and what, the work that you're doing in her life. Minister to Evan, Lord, as he's coming out of surgery, Lord, that you would be with him. Help him to heal well, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, that you go before us, Lord, and that you hold us in the palm of your hand. We thank you for this evening. Amen. Amen.